Godzilla made a beat, so it's go time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Core 4 Podcast, a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, alongside GBB Live, the 3ND Podcast, and the Starting 5 Podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find us on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. I am your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is none other than Mr. Hustle, Brandon Abraham. Brandon, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just getting you know pumped and ready to go for the uh, hustle season starting tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. In, in case you didn't know, the – NBA G League is going to be going to the Orlando bubble where the NBA uh, returned last season. And there will be about 15 games between 18 G League teams, including the G League Ignite that features Jalen Green, once a University of Memphis Tiger uh, target, and then Jonathan Kaminja. So that'll be fun. We'll get to previewing this on the second half of the show. But first, I do want to break down the Grizzlies' recent struggles. You know, somebody put a grade on Twitter, Brandon. They said, if you told somebody that the Grizzlies were 7-4 and four over an 11-game stretch without Jaron Jackson Jr., you would think it's pretty good. But because it's a seven-game winning streak and a four-game losing streak, the sky is falling. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a little unreal. You know, if you had told, you know, most people that the Grizzlies would be nine and 10 with a pretty difficult start to the season after 19 games, most fans would probably be pretty okay with that. You know, they're, I guess, technically a game from the eight seed, but they're right there for the uh, play in tournament. I mean, I, I get no one likes to lose four games in a row, but the sky is not falling. Right. Yeah, and also, too, you have that 9-10 and 10 start where Jaron Jackson Jr. wasn't in the mix. You didn't have the Justice Winslow that you're getting in theory. And for about eight of those games, you didn't have John Morant either. So the sky isn't falling, and I know it kind of seems hard right now, but it, it's all going to be okay. But I do kind of want to break down why the Grizzlies are struggling and just some ways they can fix it. And so, Brandon, I'm going to get to you on this one. What would what you say is the biggest area of concern right now as to why the Grizzlies are struggling over the past week? Well, and Jenkins and the players even mentioned it after the game against the Raptors, but they've got to play 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you look at the four-game skid, I mean, Indiana kind of blew them out of the water from the jump. But you look at that game against Houston – you take out that bad stretch at the end of the second quarter going into halftime, you know, it was a close game down maybe two or four and they go down double digits, you know, within just a minute, two minute span. Then you have against NOLA, you know, you're up nearly 10 points in the fourth quarter midway through bad stretch. And then you end up losing. 
And then you look at, uh, for us, recording right now, last night against Toronto, you know, really competitive all game. And then that stretch at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you know, they just kind of, the weird lineup, and then it all went downhill from there and they couldn't, you know, respond. Um, you know, so I think, you know, the biggest key is playing 48 minutes. Um, you know, just, you know, three of the past four games, you can point back to a specific stretch. And if they just played a little bit better, we could have an entirely different outcomes. Yeah, for sure. And I do want to get this like kind of out of the way first. You know, this wasn't like a, a cupcake part of the schedule where everybody was supposed to be a scheduled win. To be quite frank, that Pacers game was a scheduled loss. They're coming off a road trip to San Antonio. They didn't get into Indiana until 3 a.m. that morning. And like Indiana is a good team. They have two all-stars in Sabonis and Broadden. And Miles Turner's playing it like the defensive player of the year. Houston is probably a little understandable because it's a home game, comparable team. You probably should have won that one. But uh, credit to Houston. They, they threw out a great defensive scheme that really got the Grizzlies discombobulated a little bit. New Orleans has been rolling, and they pose uh, impose some uh, matchup problems with Zion and Ingram, but also defensively with Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. And then the Toronto Raptors, you know, even though they didn't have Kyle Lowry and OG Inanobi most of the game, they still had Siakam, Van Fleet, and Norman Powell together, who, let's be real, those three guys, they have finals experience together and deep playoff experience together. Like that, those are tough battles, especially given the Grizzlies' situation right now with the injury list. And I noticed the whole the theme that you said, 48 minutes. It really came down to how teams defended John Morant, throwing blitzes at him. And Brandon, what are some ways you see the Grizzlies being able to counter that blitz and really get fourth quarter jaw rolling? Well, so, you know, you touched on the uh, injury report. They've got to get healthy. I think getting BC and Melton back sooner rather than later will be helpful because then you can kind of have some dual guard lineups with Ja and Tyus. I think getting Ja a little off ball can kind of help him get going a little bit, you know, because really what it, you know, boils down to, like you said, defenses, you get to the fourth quarter and they're just zoning in on Ja. And, you know, Ja's a great player. And in certain instances, the way he plays comes out and wins you a game. You know, the way the role players are like, you can't go to the MLK game against Phoenix. You know, Jaw was scoring, but he was also passing a good bit because he was getting attacked. But Grayson Allen was knocking down the open three to help seal the game. You know, players were making shots, whereas now, you know, Jaw's kind of turning it over a little bit. And, the you know, the role players aren't making shots that they made as part of the seven-game win streak. Um, and that's what role players do, you know. They're a little inconsistent. Um, you know, so, but that's why I'm not really a sky-is-falling type person because – Jenkins has proven, you know, he can counter when how teams defend Ja. Ja, you know, has proven time and time again how great of a player he is. You know, so I think some of it's just his teammates got to knock down shots, and some of it he's got to adjust his game a little bit. Mm -hmm, for sure, I, I'm actually riding on this for Grizzly Bear Blues tomorrow as we're recording this. And I do agree that they need to find more time with Ja and Tyus because. John Morant, he's going to need to play 35 minutes a night if the Grizzlies aren't getting blown out or if they're not blowing out their opponent. And 
that's 13 available point guard minutes. That is not the amount of minutes that Tyus Jones needs to be playing. He needs to be close to that 20 minute threshold or so. And if that means cutting some minutes from, uh, I'm sorry to say this, if it means cutting some minutes from guys like John Conchar, that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying completely cut him out of the rotation, but just doing a little bit of a better job staggering those minutes and making sure you're getting as many playmakers on the floor next to Jaw as possible. I mean, I think ideally rolling out a lineup with Jaw and Tyus, Bain or Brooks, whichever's on, and then Anderson at the four and then Jonas at the five, you have a guy that can set screens and free up some looks for Jaw. But also, too, you have two great playmakers in Kyle Anderson and Tyus Jones that can get Jaw going off ball. But also, too, when the defense collapses, you have a guy like Desmond Bain, who's one of the league leaders in three-point percentage, spotting up, waiting for an open three. So, and then I, I think a big part of it, too, is just getting the ball in other people's hands, specifically Kyle Anderson. When Jaw went down, Anderson averaged five assists a game. And I think he could be a key part in making sure uh, Ja can get going and really unlock fourth quarter Ja, the one that we saw last season, the one that wanted to take over the game. It's the guy that we, some people might have accused him of saving some energy for the fourth quarter. So I, I just think you got to deal with the hand that you're dealt. And I do agree. Not even just the Jaron and Justice injuries, but even losing Brandon Clark and D'Anthony Melton's huge. And yeah, the, the sky's not falling. John Morant's too good to let the sky be falling. Coach Jenkins, he's a good coach. And then they got reinforcements on the way. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's one of those you touched on it. Put two playmakers next to John, Tyus and Kyle, and you know, let John work a little bit off ball. You know, if anything, it focuses the attention a little bit away from jobs, you know, and then, you know, just see what happens. I mean, like you said, sky's not falling. It's a four-game skid, you know. They had a great game against Charlotte. I guess it was either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day um, in Charlotte. You know, they're a tough team, but, you know, it's definitely a winnable game for the Grizzlies tomorrow. Mm, absolutely. And, Brandon, you know, besides the – stellar matchup between John Morant and LaMelo Ball, one that I have been saying since the beginning of the season needs to be on national TV. What are some things that you're going to be watching for in tomorrow's game against the Charlotte Hornets? Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see how they guard Gordon Hayward. Um, You know, Dylan may get tasked with, you know, guarding LaMelo Ball, which could put, you know, you know, depending on the starting lineup they do, I'd imagine they'll start Bain again and then have Dylan at the three, which would, you know, you kind of have options, but it's going to be tough to stop LaMelo and Gordon Hayward. LaMelo has been playing great. You know, you and I were both super high on him in the, you know, pre-draft cycle. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just interested to see how Gordon Hayward, who's kind of, you know, some nights it's quiet and other nights, you know, everyone's talking about it really kind of having a really big year after a disappointing tenure in Boston. Mm, absolutely. It's really a, a great story. I mean, everybody kind of bashed Charlotte for signing him to that big, massive contract, but they also bashed Hayward a little bit for just going to Charlotte where he wasn't going to win. And he hasn't won a title in his year, career. And with injuries, you know, 
there's always speculation that he's closer to the end than he is to the beginning. But uh, it's going to be a very fun game. I, I think it's going to be a lot like that the first three quarters at Toronto game where, you know, the pace was good. Both teams were just lighting up the scoreboard left and right. And it's just going to be one of those games where if you're somebody in the crowd where it's like, oh, no, where's the league going to go when LeBron James is done? Just watch the Grizzlies and Hornets game because you're going to have two exciting, electrifying point guards having the keys to their teams. And I think it's going to be really fun. I really do wish that the Grizzlies were fully healthy or even just like if they had Brandon Clark and D'Anthony Melton back, like bare minimum, I think it could have could have made the game a lot of fun. I, I still think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I do think that controlling Gordon Hayward is going to be huge because, you know, if you put, based off the starting lineup last night, Kyle Anderson on Gordon Hayward, then you're putting D, uh, Desmond Bain on P.J. Washington, who's a good four-man that could stretch the floor and um, score inside as well. So it's going to be just very interesting how the Grizzlies guard the Hornets, especially since – there's definitely a different kind of swagger and style of play now that you replaced uh, LaMelo Ball or you put him into the starting lineup in place of Devontae Graham, who's more of a small combo guard who is more of shoot first instead of pass first. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, the uh, two dual kind of point guard lineup of LaMelo and scary Terry Rozier is you know not one you know that gets a lot of fanfare but it's definitely a solid starter starting backcourt and um it'll definitely be interesting to see what jenkins does with the defensive assignments absolutely and so we're going to be right back but on the other side we are going to get to you with our g league bubble preview all right so the gobble's happening tomorrow and you know we're all excited about it because no, it's G League basketball. I know that's why you're excited, Brandon. But we're getting basketball during the day. Just like the old days in the NBA bubble, we're going to have basketball from 1030 into the afternoon. And then once the G League games are over, we're right into NBA games. So for what I just want to see like your excitement level with that, because basically for a solid month, your days, aside from work, obviously, because you're a great hard worker, it's going to be filled with some basketball. No, I mean, it, it's great. It's one of those, you know, kind of takes you back to when the NBA bubble started and, you know, the games were early and, you know, you're working from home. And, and I really think it's great for the G League because obviously with my coverage of the hustle, I'm going to be pretty tuned in. But, you know, you're going to have the ability for other people to really kind of tune into the product that maybe normally wouldn't watch it because, you know, if you're sitting there bored at home and, you know, I'll be watching the hustle who tip off at 1030. But you have a big-time matchup, uh, I believe it's on ESPN2, between the Santa Cruz Warriors and the G League Ignite team that you mentioned earlier, highlighted by some elite prospects for next year's draft and Jalen Green, Jonathan Kimunga, Isaiah Todd. Um, you know, and then on the Warriors side, they have former hustle great Dusty Hannas and then Jeremy oh, yeah. Lynn making his, uh, you know, NBA comeback attempt. So, you know, you can flip on ESPN two and watch, you know, Jeremy Lin, who's old at this point, go off against Jalen Green. Like that's fun. So mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be some cool matchups to watch. And I mean, even if some of the games end up sucking, 
it's basketball during the day. Exactly. We're all working from home. Like it's it's fun. I I'm pumped for it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm really ready for all these like ca- like casual fans to you know make a huge verdict on Jalen Green or Jonathan Kumonja. If you know somebody like Dusty Hannah's or somebody like David Stockton or just a guy that's like a G League journeyman goes off on them when really like those are still some good players. Like that's like the level right between college basketball and NBA basketball. So I'm really hoping that nobody overreacts to any bad performances or struggles from the G League Ignite team just because like they're going up against better competition than they would in college basketball. Yeah, no, and, and that'll be kind of the focal point when it comes to the G League bubble. I mean, those like me who really cover it entirely have more views, but I think nationally what a lot of the talk will be with the G League Ignite team. And to your point, it'll be interesting to see, you know, whose stock rises and plummets. You know, if, you know, I, you know, it's, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, Jalen Green struggles, you know, and it's just 15 games. So if he struggles for the first eight or nine, how much of that do you take into consideration in the draft? Personally, you know, I think you kind of take it all with a grain of salt, but, you know, there's some people out there who are going to say he's not worthy of a top two, three pick, you know, if he has a few bad games. For sure. And especially on the on the Memphis Hustle side, uh, two players I really want to touch on are the flex assignments of Tyrell Terry of the Dallas Mavericks and Sam Real of the Milwaukee Bucks. Those were two guys in particular that were featured on the Grizzly Bear Blues uh, big board. Tyrell Terry, who ended up being the 31st pick to the Mavericks, he was in the top 20 on our big board and even was in the top five. But I think it was Lauren Harvey and Greg Ratliff's board. You know, he's a very promising combo guard with uh, shooting off the dribble. I know Kevin O'Connor for the ringer profiled him a lot. And then Sam Rural, four-year journeyman from Utah State. And he was just a product of a guy that, you know, he's a time zone guy. Nobody really got to watch him that often. But I know you, Brandon, were extremely high on him as a microwave shooter, pretty much, I would assume. But before we get into just what those two guys bring to the hustle, I do want you to kind of explain to our listeners what a, what a flex assignment is. So, so basically a flex assignment is an assignment for teams without a G league affiliate. Um, so on a normal season, the Portland trail blazers and the Denver nuggets are the only two NBA franchises that don't have a G league affiliate, but obviously with COVID-19 and the, the double that starts tomorrow, there's just 18 teams, 17 that have NBA affiliate. And then the G league ignite team. So the teams like the Dallas Mavericks and the Milwaukee Bucks, whose G League teams, the Texas Legends and Wisconsin Herd, are not participating in the bubble, they can send players down on assignment to still play. It's just not with their G League affiliate. And so the way the flex assignment works is, like, I guess for lack of a better, you know, phrasing, it's almost like they put, you know, the Mavericks put Tyrell Terry on waivers. And every team that, you know, would accept or approve him being on the team basically kind of puts in like a waiver claim. Um, and the only difference where it's not really like a waiver is the Mavericks basically get a list of the teams that want them and they get to choose what team to put them on. And so basically the Bucks and Mavericks both chose to have Tyrell Terry and Sam Merrill join the hustle. They picked the hustle. Um, 
you know, for them to play with. Um, in the bubble, it's, you know, probably more strategic from a, you know, style of play standpoint. You know, the Hustle like to run and gun, shoot threes. So that's probably what appealed to the Mavericks and Herd. Um, and then in a normal season, you probably base it a little off location as well as the style of play. Mm, for sure. I do find the Tyrell Terry one extremely interesting because the Grizzlies did have rumored interest in him prior to the draft. I think that was the only one that was leaked out on the Grizzlies side of who had interest in him. And granted, that's probably more of an agent thing than a team thing, but it was rumored that Grizzlies did have interest in Tyrell Terry. And when they traded for that 30th pick, we thought it was going to be Desmond Payne or Tyrell Terry. And we had a lot of reasons to be excited. I remember shaking when that trade was made, knowing that those two were on the board. And I know you were very upset when Sam Merrill got off the board to the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, they're with the hustle. They're going to help make that championship run, and they will be the Mickey Mouse champions of the Gubble. <laughs> and, Brandon, I just want to ask you, what do you expect from those two guys in the Gubble? And, you know, it's a weird line to walk because, you know, it's not their guys and they probably have guys in their system that they're going to be trying to develop, you know, uh, whether it's an extended look at guys like David Stockton or Shaq Buchanan or Amon Carver or uh, Jalil Tripp. That was the guy that they signed on draft nine to exhibit 10, right? Yep. Yeah. So just what are your expectations for those two guys and should the Grizzlies or should the hustle per se go towards playing a lot of those guys minutes or trying to focus on who they can kind of get as a diamond in the rough from that backcourt of hustle mainstays. So I, you know, that's the interesting part, um, you know, and, that, and that's part of, you know, you don't really know what kind of conversations are had when the players put, you know, on assignment, a flex assignment, you don't know if, you know, Merrill and Tyrell Terry are guaranteed, you know, heavy minutes with the hustle. Um, it's certainly interesting, but, I mean, I, I just think because both of them are great three-point shooters, both shot over 40% from deep in college. I mean, Jason March isn't going to have a choice but to play them. I mean, you have, you know, the spacing they'll help provide with a veteran G League point guard like David Stockton. Um, you know, you have the big man and Benny Boatwright who can shoot threes. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, they'll play a good bit, um, you know, and then, you know, they may get called back up to their NBA squad, depending on issues that come up. You know, the Grizzlies have had COVID issues um, or injuries. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd expect them to be shooting a ton from deep. Um, and then I guess kind of more from a, a growth standpoint, because, you know, covering Josh Jackson last year, you know, the Grizzlies weren't really focused on his points per game. A lot of it was his team defense and his facilitating and he you know really had games where he really worked on passing the ball and I think that's something that um is going to be a focus with a guy like Tyrell Terry who you know in college you know averaged 3.2 assists per game which is pretty good um but with all the shooters and the other playmakers on that hustle team I'm, I'm sure they're hoping you know he he's 0 for 7 from the NBA from beyond the arc so they're hoping he can catch a consistent rhythm down there in the bubble but I also think they'll probably be looking to see how his facilitating, you know, progresses, um, you know, just because in that Mavericks offense, you know, you want to keep the ball moving a lot. Um, 
And then for Sam Merrill, he did a little bit of everything at Utah State. And he's probably just the victim of the Bucks being a championship team with a lot of depth. Um, so they're probably just sending him down to get some reps, uh, you know, and just, you know, put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, you, you alluded to, you know, the conversations. We don't know what they're having. I would assume there would have to be, like, some sort of, like, minutes thresholds, like, go out, make sure they're playing about this amount of minutes or make sure they're doing this, working on this, whatever. But it's really going to be an exciting experience, especially since, you know, those are two prospects that we were very high on coming into the draft. And even though they didn't get to be Memphis Grizzlies, we're still getting them, getting to see them you know, ball out with the Memphis hustle in what's arguably a, a unique experience that we hopefully never see again with the, with the bubble. And I do want to get you out on this. I mean, John Tay Porter is going to be down there. Uh, Sean McDermott should be coming down there once he returns from a shoulder bruise, whether it's with those two guys or in general, what are some things that you're looking for and wanting to see from the hustle in the bubble? So from a, a general standpoint, you obviously with 15 games want to see them jump out to a, a pretty quick start. You know, they start off, you know, like they did last year with the G League record 10-0 start to the season. Things are going to be looking great. I'm, I'd imagine 10 wins would almost lock them into the top eight. Um, you know, on the other side, if, you know, you come out and go 0 for 4, 1 for 5, you know, things are going to be pretty bad. Um, you know, so – you definitely want to have a hot start. Um, and I think they have enough talent to get off to a good start. Um, more specifically, you know, I'm really looking to see the uh, next step from Shaq Buchanan. Uh, he began the year last year, kind of, you know, limited minutes off the bench, you know, with Josh Jackson called up, sent down. And then, you know, even had the Anthony Melton playing a couple of games with the hustle. Um, but once, you know, the two way players were with the Grizzlies and, you know, Shaq really got minutes. He shined at the tail end of last year and put up big numbers. Um, so I'm really looking to see, you know, his next step. Um, he talked to us at the media days about it, growing his shot and being, a you know, more of a vocal leader on the court. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And then just the fun style of the play the hustle have, like Benny Boatwright getting to play his first, you know, real game that counts in years. Uh, you know, David Stockton, the journeyman, B League, G League veteran, you know, not saying I don't really think there's much of a pathway with the Grizzlies right away, but, you know, it'll be fun to watch his journey. And there's just a ton of young college guys that they got, like Christian Vital from UConn. You know, they just got some fun guys. Your little trip's going to be a little defensive menace. You know, so they have a fun squad. And I mean, obviously, wins would be great. You want to, you know, come home with the, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse trophy. But, you know, I, I think, you know, Regardless, I'm expecting this team to be a ton of fun, a, a lot of high scoring games, a lot of fun action and probably a lot of different rotations, too. Yeah, for sure. It's been very exciting. And, you know, talking or not really talking to those guys, but hearing you talk to those guys in the Memphis Hustle Media Day, you know, I'm very excited for what that group of players is going to do. I mean, you know, Shaq Cannon, he talks a, a lot about becoming more of a leader on the floor and, you know, just kind of like setting a I almost like setting a hustle standard, in my opinion. It just uh, setting up the tone with his hard work, his athleticism, and just whatever he adds to his bag. And because I mean, he has—he's a guy that he has the tools where you know, 
towards the end of the season, a team could, you know, give him a 10 day and see, see what he can do on with NBA minutes. And, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the young talent. Uh, I don't think you touched on him, but the second pick in the G league draft, uh, Freddie Gillespie had a very strong defensive profile at uh, Baylor last season. He was a big 12 all defense and he was also all big 12. So it's very interesting to see how that holds up and see if his defensive versatility translates and, if he adds a jumper with it, I don't think he took a three-point shot when he was in college. But I know for my end, like, I'm really hoping to see, like, what they have out of, like, Jonte Porter and Sean McDermott, you know, with the with more minutes, more touches. I mean, Jonte Porter was, like, a lottery talent who just got derailed with injuries, and the Grizzlies swooped him up, like, towards the end of last season, and just to get them get him in their environment to see what he can do and see how he can progress – so I'm very excited to see what he can do in normal minutes. And, you know, Sean McDermott, he got compared to Duncan Robinson. You know, I like that. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I know it wasn't really that promising in the NBA, but, you know, he really wasn't getting a lot of rhythm minutes. It was just kind of like garbage minutes. And, you know, he's not playing with John Morant and Tyus Jones a lot, just kind of, kind of an on the fly kind of thing for him. So just, with more focus towards him getting shots off movement, relocating, and just finding his rhythm from outside. I'm very interested to see what he does in the G League bubble, especially since the hustle they have him on a two on a two-year two-way deal. So well, and I think it says a lot about the depth and talent on this team that, you know, that little segment there was the most we've talked about Jonte Porter. And we haven't even talked about Zaire Smith, former first round pick by the Sixers. So it's mm-hmm. you know, they got a couple of you know, diamonds in the rough and Porter and Smith and then some other young talent. It's going to be exciting. Um, And to the point you're making about McDermott, I think, you know, once he heals from that injury and can come down and get consistent minutes and actually get into a rhythm shooting the ball, you know, interested to see, you know, how his shooting translates to the next level. For sure. You know, that's about all the time we have today. Make sure you are watching the Memphis Hustle Take on the Austin Spurs tomorrow morning at 10.30. You can watch on either ESPN Plus or at grindcitymedia.com. Watch them on Thursday as well at 2.30 p.m. Central Time against the Canton Charge. And that's going to be on ESPN Plus or on grindcitymedia.com. And make sure you're following along on GBB with Brandon. He's going to be live tweeting most of those games. And just really enjoy basketball during the day because we won't really get this too often. Brandon, do you have any final remarks before we close the show? I just, you know, remember with the Grizzlies, I know this has been a little hustle-centric second half. The sky isn't falling. Follow along with the hustle. It's some fun young talent. And like you said, I mean, it's basketball during the day. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the sky isn't falling because Mm – even if the Grizzlies, it's everything is just gravy at this point because it's either win and get your young team lots of playoff experience or, you know, not reach the playoffs and add another exciting young player to its already exciting young core. And just make sure you remember that it's not about this year. There is a long term plan and there's a 100% reason to trust the Memphis Grizzlies to execute it. And make sure you're following along with Brandon as the Memphis Hustle is looking to win the Mickey Mouse Trophy. So, 
Brandon, just let the people know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at BC Abraham. Um, and then also follow the blog at SBN Grizzlies. That's where I'll be doing a lot of live tweeting since the games are during the day. Um, and then, of course, any of the late afternoon games that might tail into a Grizzlies game or any of the few night games that they have will be on my personal account. Um, and then, you know, just follow the blog. I'll have my weekly hustle reports. I've, you know, it's been almost a year since I've written one. So it's, it'll be nice to get that back, back and rolling. Absolutely. Thank you, Brandon, for joining the show. Make sure y'all are following him on Twitter at BC Abraham and reading his hustle reports. So I promise you, you're going to learn something and you'll probably be a little bit more excited about the hustle than you were before the start of the bubble. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the core four podcast with the number four, not the word four. And make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do on the Grizzly Bear Blues podcast network. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. With that, that's it. 